Welcome back to another episode of the Learning Outside the Lines podcast. I'm Ann Ryan, your host, homeschool mom of four, and passionate about education and helping our children learn best. In the first few episodes of my podcast, I've been talking about the basics, the who, what, why, and how of homeschooling, just to give some basic information and some basic ideas around the topic of home education to give people an idea of how it works and if it might be something of interest to them. Now, obviously, these episodes have been pretty brief and just given the basic kinds of information. It's just the tip of the iceberg of information because there is so much more to learn and so much more that might be relevant for each individual child or each individual family. This last episode in this beginning series is the how to homeschool, how to actually educate your children at home, how to actually do that. This is a really complex topic and it simply is too large for a short 20-minute episode. However, I am going to give some very basic kinds of information just to get you thinking, just to give some very basic ideas about how people go about educating their children. It certainly is not all-encompassing, and I'm sure that there are lots of other kinds of ideas and styles that aren't going to be mentioned. But again, this is just kind of an overview of how people go about educating their children to give people an idea of just how it's done. Because a lot of people I talk to really just cannot even grasp the idea of what it means to educate their children at home. It's just kind of this mystery idea to them and giving you a couple uh, models or a couple visions of what that looks like to different people is just meant to give you an idea of how that might work for you. I'm going to start off with kind of an obvious model, and that is the school at home model. This isn't a very popular model in my opinion. However, it's very popular for people to start with, mainly because this is what people think of in a stereotypical way when you talk about home education or homeschooling. They think of formal lessons or a structured use of your time of sitting down at a desk or at a table with your pile of books and you're doing formal lessons. That's school at home. That's kind of a formal model of home education that looks very similar to school, obviously, because that's kind of what is ingrained in people's heads. That's what they think of as school. That's how they think learning happens. So a lot of people will start out with a school at home kind of model just because that's what they know. And that at least fits in with their comfort level a little bit. And obviously, it will still look a little bit different for people, but it's usually still involves some kind of curriculum of some kind, whether that's a box curriculum or various textbooks or what, or maybe an, even an online program. But it's something a little more structured, it's formal lessons, it's sitting down. And like I said, some people even go as far as to get desks in their home. They'll put maybe have a school room in their house and they'll put desks and a chalkboard or a whiteboard and they'll put that up and they'll have a little classroom in their house. And I'm not saying that's bad by any means. That's just one of the ways that people go about educating their children. So the first model would be that school at home formal lesson structured model. 
at the very opposite end of the spectrum would be unschooling. Now, unschooling does not mean that a child isn't learning anything at all. It's just that they aren't learning in a, very, in a specific way. They're not learning with a specific curriculum or a program, and they usually, unschoolers usually don't prescribe to any kind of traditional learning model. They usually are just using life. They're engaging in life to learn. Whether that means you're going to cook something, you're learning about measurement, you're learning about math, you're going to the grocery store, you're learning about money and prices and how much things cost, you're going to uh, go to a park to play, you're learning how to interact with other people, you're learning how to share, you're learning how to use your communication skills. Unschooling is also very different for different people. So what some person, one person might think they might think they are unschooling might look very different from another person that says they're unschooling. But unschooling in a very general sense basically means you're not using any kind of prescribed model. You're not necessarily using any textbooks or curriculum. You're basically just doing it on your own with life as your teacher. That doesn't mean that they're not using books or they're not using learning resources. It just depends on what the kid wants to learn. Maybe a child is very, very interested in um, video games. I use that only because it's popular. But just because a child is playing video games all day doesn't mean they're not learning. Some people use that as a great learning tool because they might be learning about coding, they might be learning about character development, they might be learning about, uh, they're typing up a storyline, various things like that. So unschooling is kind of the opposite end of the spectrum, but it also is not a very, it's not very well defined because it's different for each person. So those are your two ends of the spectrum. You have school at home, which is fairly formal, and, and structured with lessons. And then you've got the opposite end of unschooling, which is no formal lessons, no st structure per se. And there's a lot that goes in between. So I'm going to mainly talk about two styles of homeschooling that are in between, but underneath those are a lot of other options. So I'm going to start out with kind of the idea of relaxed homeschooling. And again, I'm not really sure that people would even call that a specific style. I'm only saying relaxed because it feels that way to people. You're not bound by a specific style. You're not bound by a specific philosophy. You're just kind of doing what works for you. You might be using textbooks for science, but yet you might not be using any textbooks or any formal curriculum for writing. You might just be doing journal writing and you might be just reading the stories that are of interest to you. And you might be doing um, math with just everyday kinds of lessons with money or measurement. Relaxed homeschooling, in my opinion, is what a lot of people do, but they just may not call it that. People also call this eclectic homeschooling which may be more well-known amongst homeschoolers, but not so well-known amongst people that don't homeschool. But again, an eclectic style is just that you're doing whatever works for you. 
perhaps a mix of perhaps formal and not formal curriculum and a mix of things that are maybe more uh, structured one year, but maybe the next year not so structured based on the needs or the interests of the child. Now, in in the middle here is where we get a lot of other different uh, types or I should say philosophies of homeschooling. And we could have podcasts on each of these topics. And actually, I'm sure there are podcasts out there on all of these different philosophies. But I'm just going to touch very briefly, just so that people can look them up if they're more interested. Now, kind of between the school at home and the unschooling, kind of in between there are these different philosophies of homeschooling that are usually based off a specific person's um, teachings or research. So for example, the classical style of homeschooling is a more rigorous or a more academic style of homeschooling that is uh, based on the trivium. It's based on uh, three developmental stages. And it is typically a more structured, academic kind of model. And uh, The Well-Trained Mind is a very popular book that I can put in the show notes that is was done by Susan Wise Bauer and her mother. And the it is a great resource. It's a great resource for people that are interested in learning about the classical methods of homeschooling. And even if you don't want to learn or don't want to follow a very specific model, The Well-Trained Mind is still a great book just to get good homeschool uh, ideas and information from. So I do recommend looking at that if it's something of interest, but don't be intimidated by this book because it is a big book. It is very intimidating to first crack that spine, start reading, and you think, whoa, I am in way over my head. There is no way I can do this. And I don't want anybody to open that book and think, oh, forget it. I can't homeschool. Because when I started reading that book, I had to read it in pieces. And I think over the course of the last 10 years, I've probably read that book three times. But I did it in kind of pieces when I needed the different information that was presented in that book. So at any rate, it's a great resource. And that's the classical style of homeschooling. Another style of homeschooling would be Waldorf. Waldorf is another um, more natural-minded version of education that is also based on developmental stages. And a lot of times people think of Waldorf maybe for younger students for like preschools or kindergarten, but Waldorf really does go through the whole um, school age range from elementary through high school. So um, Rudolf Steiner is the founder of Waldorf Education, and so that's another uh, style of education that you could learn about if you were interested. Charlotte Mason is another style of or philosophy of education that focused on the child and focused a lot on the child's needs, the child's needs of play and also um, nature and shorter lessons. So Charlotte Mason is very popular among people that um, want a more child-centered kind of education. Well, obviously all homeschoolers want that. But Charlotte Mason, to a lot of people, 
feels like a gentler form of education, perhaps. But again, there's lots of resources on Charlotte Mason out there if you're so interested. Montessori is another popular education model. People don't always realize that it translates to homeschooling as well. Typically, people think of Montessori that uses a lot of the tools and the resources at like preschools or schools, but you can also use those kinds of things at home. Montessori is just another, is another philosophy for home education. Some other things some, that people don't necessarily think about is project-based learning. Project-based learning is when you basically come up with a, um, a topic or a theme Let's say you want to learn about space. You use that theme for all of your subjects. So you may learn about math, the distance between stars and planets, or the distance between galaxies, or light speed, or physics, or geometry. You, you use the theme to focus your studies. So you might do language arts. You might learn vocabulary words around space. You might write a report about a planet or a specific star or a specific concept about space. For social studies you or history, you might learn about different scientists, scientists that were huge in the, um, the field of space. So that might be your social study or history topics. So basically, project-based learning, though, is all you're doing all of your studies around a specific theme or topic. And so you're learning the skills that you need, but it's theme-based. And some people think of unit studies kind of as the same way, though unit studies, in my opinion, is usually a shorter, smaller kind of topic. But again, it kind of depends on what you're, what you're doing and what your interests are. But basically, that is a great way to learn for those kids that really want to dive into a topic. Let's say you have a kid that is just gets really obsessive about something, like they just want to learn all they can about trains. And you're thinking, what can we possibly do with trains? But then when you really start to dive into it, they can learn about engines and the different types of of Uh, locomotion that has been used over time and what that has meant and the difference in you know speeds and distances and what the the differences in the tracks from the past to now the different kinds of um, costs involved from in the past and from now and distances that they traveled and you can just go so deep and you can have them write about different topics and it doesn't even have to be lengthy topics they can just even for if they are younger and they need to be practicing handwriting you just use some uh, passages out of one of the books that you've been reading about trains and they can use that for copy work so again there's so so many different styles or philosophies of education that you can follow based on what your kids needs are and what you as an educator's needs are and what their interests are. And just because you choose one style for maybe the first semester doesn't mean you can't choose another style for the second semester. Let's say the first semester you want to do a little bit more school at home, so to speak, to cover some of the basic foundation pieces and you rather do a little bit more traditional style. But then the second semester, your kid's really interested in sharks. And so you're just going to focus 
the next semester on, let's say, oceanography or marine biology and sharks. And you can do stuff like that. You get to control how your child learns and what they learn. So the other thing I want to caution you on is labels. A lot of times people get stuck with the idea of, well, I need to homeschool a certain way, or I am a Charlotte Mason homeschooler, or I am a classical homeschooler. They kind of get trapped into a label of what they're doing. And then they get so kind of caught up in what that's supposed to look like. And God forbid, don't be going on Pinterest or Instagram and looking up what you know, some of these styles should quote look like because it can just be intimidating and don't do that. Say, we'll just derail you. But they get caught, people get caught up in what a Charlotte Mason education should look like or what it should be or a classical education should look like or be. And then they kind of get stressed out by, well, what we're doing doesn't look like that. And that is okay. Do not compare yourself to what other people are doing because you're making any of these styles or philosophies just work for you. And you don't even have to call your philosophy anything, which I am a big proponent of as well. You don't even have to call yourself any kind of homeschooler except we're a homeschooler. And that is perfectly fine too. And I probably should have even opened with that. But I do Sometimes people like to do their research on some of these different styles when they start homeschooling because they feel like it it will help them kind of get their feet underneath them with a certain style or a certain philosophy just to kind of get the ball rolling. And it gives them some comfort to have a structure in place to kind of get their feet wet. And then over time, you can change. That is certainly what I did when I first started out. Well, We certainly started out with the school at home model. Then we kind of went very relaxed as we were trying to kind of figure things out. Then I kind of thought, oh, I really like Charlotte Mason and the classical style. And there's, you know, a lot of things that kind of combine those two styles. And then I kind of got stuck in this rut of what that was supposed to look like and was kind of beating myself up with, oh, well, we aren't really keeping up with you know, all the lessons for for this program or all the lessons for that program. And then suddenly you realize you're not educating your children for their knowledge. You're suddenly trying to just keep up with this curriculum. And that's not what it's all about at all. Over time, evolve and you kind of let go of that. But I think it's good sometimes for some people in the beginning to kind of find their style or find their model that they want to start out with just as kind of a security blanket a little bit. Certainly not required, but it helps some people get going. So, wow, that was like a lot of information in a very short amount of time. And hopefully that didn't confuse you even more than when you started out. But I just wanted to give some basic information for where the homeschool community kind of comes from when they're talking about the different styles of homeschooling. But again, each person's individual, and it doesn't really matter. The different styles don't really matter in the big picture. Because what really matters is just what you're teaching your children, what they want to learn, and how they learn best. If you want to learn more about some of these styles or some of the things I talked about, I would really encourage you just to Google it. Just Google Waldorf education or Waldorf 
homeschooling or Charlotte Mason homeschooling or classical homeschooling. Just kind of see what's out there. There's a lot of information. One of my favorite Facebook um, forums for homeschooling is called Secular Eclectic Academic Homeschoolers, C-S-E-A. They are probably one of the most active Facebook pages that I know of for homeschooling. I think they have 20,000 members or something like that. It's huge. It's a really big worldwide um, homeschool forum. Very valuable. That's probably, other than my local boards that I go to, that's my go-to board. It is super active and has tons of great people on there that would be happy to answer your questions. So if you went on one of those boards and were interested in learning more about some specific style of homeschooling for a specific grade, go for it. Go ask on those boards and I'll put a link for that board in um, the show notes. That's a great resource. And I would also encourage you just to look for your local Facebook groups as well. Look up your city or your county. Just try to do a search for that. Or if you are interested in a specific style of homeschooling, for example, Charlotte Mason, you could just type in Orange County Charlotte Mason homeschoolers. And many areas will have specific Facebook groups for those specific styles, depending on how, you know, just what's available in your area. So that's another thing to think about. Local people are usually more than happy to get together with people like-minded to discuss different homeschool resources and philosophies. So I would definitely encourage you to do that. If you have any questions, I would encourage you to reach out to me. You can reach out to me at outsidethelinespodcast at gmail.com or join me at my website, learningoutsidethelines.com. And feel free to listen to episodes there, leave me feedback, or contact me with questions or feedback. So I hope you'll subscribe to the Learning Outside the Lines podcast so that you'll know when the next episode is released. Until next time, don't be afraid to go outside the lines.